Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Watch him throw the ball, we gon' pick it off You gon' let him hit the hole or you gon' cut it off You gon' play through fourth and long or you gon' punt it off Your defenders have you hit us, put your pads in Don't be looking for the ref to throw no flags in Keep the helmet on, keep the cleats tight You the type to wanna win by any means, right? You should look alive, this is Trapper Dive Yes, sir, oh, I forgot to change the screen Hold on, here we go, boom, there it is Welcome back to another episode of the Trapper Die Podcast, man. I am your host of the Trapper Die Podcast, Molly Mall, Hand Dog Mall, Coach Mall, all that good stuff, man. And here with Hefe, yeah, aka yeah. Montel. It's been a little minute player. How you feeling, yeah. big dog? I can't complain, man. Hey, I, I hope Dre come with some drink today because we celebrating, man. You know what I'm saying? We celebrate. <laughs> Let me tell you, but I don't know if I, I'm sure you ain't been on Twitter today, bro. Something is, bro. This is this has been crazy. Oh, first of all, I'm laughing because, um, Monty, what's going on? Magic, what's going on? Appreciate y'all checking in. I'm laughing because, uh, right before we started, you said, bro, I woke up, um, I, I watched the game, went to sleep, woke up. And then I realized it was a, it was a goddamn preseason game. Preseason, and man. and I I feel it because I know what you felt when you watched Sam Howell play. You texted me when you saw it. You saw you <laughs> like what you saw from the offense. So I, I know what you felt when you watched him play. And I think for everybody that's tapping in right now, like what has happened after the win is like completely out of out of our hands. And and like I said, like I don't know if you've been. Not, let me just ask you: Have you been on? Twitter at all today. So it's it's funny because I I didn't get a chance to really scroll through Twitter today due to work. I got home probably like around 4:45 and I started to scroll a little bit. And all I seen, I didn't I don't know what you're going into, but I did see a lot of Ravens fans going back and forth with Commanders fans about oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's literally it. Yeah. Okay, literally yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm so I'm so confused because like when when I'm I'm over here like looking at all of these tweets and responses and, and comments from, from Ravens fans. And I'm like, I've never, like, what's, what's the difference between a team on Saturday celebrating a win a, a, from a game, game ceiling interception, right? A, a wreck, like any type of win in a preseason game, game ceiling interception, and they're celebrating because their teammates just made a play to end the game. And then it happening on Monday night football against a team who had a 25 game win streak, Montel. Like, I I don't understand why the commanders and its fans and its coaches and players are getting ridiculed or mocked for them celebrating what is a normal celebration in preseason just because y'all had a the, the Ravens organization had a 25 game win streak, let alone John Harbaugh playing to win. Like yeah. I, I don't understand how this side is getting mocked and 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 trying to 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 look like we played a Super Bowl game in the preseason when everything that transpired during the game uh, a great game at that like nobody's even acknowledging the fact that it was a great fucking game great. <laughs> like was. why aren't we talking about the fact game. that it was a great game like I don't get that part and and all of a sudden the the commander side is somehow bragging or. Or talking like it's a Super Bowl. No, it was a good game. Washington beat a team who had a 25-game win streak in the preseason. Nobody's ever done it against a team who was trying to protect that 25-game win streak, running multiple 
cover zero blitzes at the end mm-hmm. of the game so they can try and win. Like, that is not our fault. That is not their fault. Like, we won. Washington won. But but we're the problem. I don't understand that at all. I don't I, I don't get it. So like to see like the comments getting thrown our way, one makes it annoying, but two, it it's it puts a, a unfair target on Washington's back because we didn't claim that we were some great team. Washington didn't claim that they were some great team. They didn't claim that they was going to the Super Bowl. They didn't claim that they was gonna make the playoffs. But guess what happens? In the regular season, Montel, when Washington loses one game, maybe two games in a row, or maybe misses the playoffs, all of a sudden they're going to flash back to this preseason game where we thought that, <laughs> where we, where they thought that we thought we was, some, we was. Some, I hope not. It's going. No, it happens. It's going. It's going to happen. That's that's what I'm saying. It's it's going to happen. And I'm like, bro, that's not even that's not even fair. Like that never that never we never cared that much like y'all did. Dre, I just was telling him, young. I said, I hope, I hope my man Dre got a drink because we celebrating oh. today. Hey, that's why I always like with Montel alone with me. Montel, my drinker partner. Don't nobody else drink with me like Montel do. That's wild, bro. Yeah. I was here the last couple of weeks with the with the rim dog. You know what I'm saying? And I, I was alone. No, I think Dre had Dre had a drink last week. Uh, but yeah, man, come on, man. Talk talk to me, fellas. First of all, Kenny, appreciate you checking in. Um, everybody that's watching, appreciate everybody who checked in off the rip. My, uh, Magic, I saw you off, off, off the rip as well when we were loading up. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Um, if you're watching, I'm excuse me, if you're listening, make sure you hit that follow button wherever you're listening. Uh, give us a rating and review. We definitely appreciate the ratings and reviews that came in lately. Uh, let's keep that up, man. Help the help support the podcast. Help support the YouTube channel in whichever way possible. All that stuff is free, too, by the way. Don't cause nothing to do it. So appreciate that. Dre, how you feeling, big dog? Everything okay with you? Man, I'm great, man. Like I said, shit, we won. Look, I told my son yesterday, I said, man, you know, I don't care about preseason, but I want to break their little streak. I don't care who we do it with. I want to get them out the way because it's funny because somebody actually pulled up an old tweet of mine that I had forgot all about from a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah, I retweeted it. I saw it. Yep. Yeah. The they was arguing back and forth with some Ravens fans and they brought up a tweet that I had tweeted a couple years ago about Lamar playing against our backups and they won in that game. And I remember because I know Ravens fans. We know them personally. We live in the same, you know, vicinity. You know what I'm saying? We see these folks. They be bragging at the preseason games, man. They be bragging at the preseason game. They brag whether they beat us then. They brag whether they beat us in the regular season. But now that we beat them, their little punk ass has got to have some little coping mechanism. That's fine. That's why I haven't argued with them today. They're coping. That's fine. That's what they're doing. They're sitting up there making up their little whiskey. Oh, this is your Super Bowl. This is your this. Yeah, it'll be our Super Bowl for now, you know, in (laughs) August. We'll take that. We'll take the Super Bowl in August. We're going to, you know, look. We got a new owner. You know what I'm saying? My man, shout out to Josh Harris. You know, Josh Harris yesterday, man, with the awkward uh, handshake. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> awkward handshake. Look, he thought De'Ami scored the touchdown. Like, <laughs> I love Josh Harris, man. Josh Harris so awkward, but it's like my man Delonte said, man, he wholesome. You know, I take a wholesome owner. You know what I'm saying? Like, Snyder would have got up there, you know, doing some dumb shit, whatever. But Josh Harris, man, we, we happy to Snyder out. You know, that's one thing that we're so excited about. More than any, any preseason game, it's just the vibe is back, you know, in this town amongst this fan base. We got a whole vibe back, man. And that's what it's about. Like people, they name it, you know, people on the outside don't really understand that. And that's cool. They ain't got to understand that. But what's going to happen is we about to start being back on people's radars now, like people starting to hate us. And that's fine. I want to be hated. You know what I'm saying? That means we relevant again. You know what I'm saying? So to answer your question more, I am good. I, I love to hear it, man. I love to hear it. Jay Tyler, appreciate you checking in, big dog. Yeah, man, it's, it's just been a strange day, but you, like you said, you you said it well. And Montel, to be honest with you, when I asked you if you've been on Twitter today, uh, I'm glad you haven't. Like, I'm I'm really glad you haven't. It's been it's been it's been very annoying. So you only had to you only had to do all that, man. Um, look, so the game last night in itself. Matter of fact, everybody in the chat. Um, Give us your, 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 so I, I do, I, I got to remember to do this every week now that I, I did it last year, but let me know your one sentence takeaway from the game last night. Uh, and also let us know who your standouts are. Let's talk about some, some things that stood out to you all um, in the chat uh, and, and we can go from there. But fellas, like the game in itself, um, I don't want to beat around the bush with the, the hot topic, Sam Howell, um, Eric Bieniemy 
Like, I was able to go through the first half uh, film uh, this morning, um, this evening, and the, the actual video breakdown. I'm not going to write an article on that one. I'm going to save that for a video. Uh, but that'll come out on Thursday for everybody that's listening and watching. Uh, but, like, seeing how they executed, I think the main thing when we think about uh, preseason, right, and I think this is, I think two things are valid. Um, acknowledging that you went up against second teamers, uh, third stringers, and all that, I think that is, I think that's in bounds. I think that's fair because um, you're going to see, you're, first of all, you're not going to see all of those guys um, in, uh, uh, in a game situation, like a real regular season game situation, let alone the type of scheme that they're going to have um, in a preseason game where typically things are pretty basic for you, right? Um, it's not that many disguises, not that many role coverage. Um, it's not that many delayed blitzes. Um, it's not so many things that you can really show in preseason. However, what is also true is individual evaluations. Like for Sam, how do you, from, from a quarterback standpoint, how do you work the, the scheme that the enemy has implemented all off season, Right. How do you understand or show that you know the timing of this offense? How do you uh, show that you can get the ball out quickly enough to get the ball in the, in the receiver's hands uh, where it's it's a it's a catchable pass? Um, it's on time for them. It's safe. It's also away from defenders uh, if they are in tight coverage. Um, how do you help them separate? How do you help them win at the catch point? Like, and, and also, how do you help your offensive linemen out or running backs out like Brian Robinson, who did a good job at uh, knowing where to pick up a blitz, but he lost on the blitz protection. So now you have to you have to roll out in a two minute drill and, and buy yourself some time and hit Jahan Dotson on the sideline. Like, how do you show that you know this this game and this offense and you're comfortable in it, but also you're comfortable comfortable enough in yourself to make um, make plays on your own. How are you as a quarterback who you knew that you messed up on a second down where you could have got the ball out way quicker than than um way quicker than you did or or that you didn't really because you took a sack holding the ball too long? How do you show that? All right, I made a mistake here, but watch this. Like in the very next play, you come back in a timing route, knowing that you got a deep curl from Cole Turner who runs like a, a 18 yard curl route and comes back to the sticks and you can drill it in, in triple coverage and beat every single person that's on Cole Turner. Like, those are things where you kind of look at uh, Sam Howe, but also you look at Eric Bieniemy. like, all right, I'm going to dial this up for you. Let's see if you can get this, get the job done. And I think Sam Howe is a person, when I see him uh, and how he played on Monday night, that has nothing to do with second teamers, second string people, third string defenders. That has nothing to do with that. It's, it's all about how Sam executed what Bieniemy wanted him to do. How did, and, and also, how did he work with the offensive line and his running backs to make plays for everybody on that offense? That's what I like to see. And I was very impressed with Sam Howe. And, and when I talked to you, Montel, bro, I was not lying. Like, whatever is going on with Sam, I'm in. I want to see this shit through. 100%. Look, look, if he did anything last night, he made all of us a little bit more confident. We understand this preseason, right? We, we get that, like you mentioned. You spoke about everything as it pertains to preseason. But what I liked the most – well, one thing I liked the most was the fact that Eric Bieniemy let him throw 25 passes. I wanted to see that. I, I, the first two plays was runs, and, and in my mind I said, I don't want to see this shit. I want to see this man throw the ball. I, I, don't give a, I don't give a damn about Brian Robinson running up Sam Cosby's back right now. I don't care. I want to see him throw, and the reason being is because – Football is not like riding a bike. It's more like turning the tough screw. Once you get it a little bit loose, it becomes a little bit easier. You got to play games, and I know a lot of people don't value preseason. Well, that was a bar, bro. Run run that shit back one time. (laughs) I'm done, bro. I'm done. I ain't running it back. You got to catch it the first time. But with football, you do. You have to play in order to kind of get into that rhythm. That's why teams look different in mid-November from September. You know what I mean? You you got to get those games under your belt. You got to get some some snaps under your belt. You got to get that guy across from you who's also playing for his livelihood. 
all that stuff matters, man. And I'm, I'm glad to see him have thrown 25 passes. And he looks like he was getting into a rhythm last night. But I also like the fact that you mentioned this. He looked like a pro. Um, you can see a lot of the starting quarterbacks across the NFL when it's preseason, they light it up. They six for seven, 60 yards a touchdown. They sitting down, they drinking Gatorade on the bench for the rest of the game. Sam Howe went out there last night and he looked like one of those starting quarterbacks. It's something that you have to do because there are guys right now who are playing against second stringers, playing against third stringers, and they struggle. And we don't have that right now. So at the very least, he looks like a pro. It's not very telling, but he performed. And he's been performing thus far this preseason. And like you said, I'm on board with whatever the hell they're doing in camp right now, everything they're tossing at them. And that's I, I've kind of been saying this to myself. You know, it's they're making it hard for him to fail. And he's kind of helping himself out as well because he's in there early. He's the first one. You hear all the reports in camp and stuff like that. But, man, they're making it hard for him to fail. And I, I have a hard time seeing how he's going to be seeing seeing that he's going to be, like, bad, like, future Brett, bad, like, this dude, he ain't it. I have a hard time seeing that, but that's a little bit further down the road. But as of right now, he definitely, you know, has me in a position where it's like, I want to see more of this dude. And I'm I'm, I'm that much more excited for the season now. I was definitely a real pessimistic going in, but he's giving me a little bit of optimism saying that he can, he can play. We already knew Sam Howell could play, but – He's putting it on display for us. So it's like, all right, I like what I'm seeing a little bit. And for me, man, I've been, you you know, you all know, we've been talking about this, you know, all off season. I've been really cautious in my approach with Sam Howe. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. you know, it's I've been very neutral, you know, not to, you know, put too much on him or not to be too negative on him. You know, um, I think me and Maul are in the same boat. AJ, you know, on the other hand, has kind of been on the opposite end. Like, he's just, you know, pessimistic about Sam Howe. But we've been kind of neutral. But I want to shout out someone tonight. Uh, he's watching right now. Magic Man, a.k.a. Hump, his punk ass. <laughs> he's been hard. <laughs> no, that's my boy. I'm just messing with him. But he's been hard on me about Sam Howell. Oh, you need to be all in on Sam Howell right now. Like, you know, Sam Howell's this, Sam Howell's that. I'm like, look, dude, I like the guy. But I don't know what he projects to be long term right now. Like, you yeah. know, I, and I don't want to put too much out there because we haven't seen enough of Sam Howe yet. You know, we haven't, you know, we haven't watched him play consecutive, you know, games that matter in a sense. But the thing that I keep coming back to that I'm, you know, c- you know, coming back from the neutral stance and I'm going actually up. I'm climbing up the Sam Howe ladder right now. I'm not all the way in right now because I still don't know. We haven't watched enough of him, but I'm climbing the optimistic optimism ladder with Sam Howe because he's not throwing up on himself in any situation. And, you know, just watching him carry himself. Like, I like the way Sam Howe carries himself. Like, he actually yeah. carries himself with this, like, sneaky arrogance, this sneaky cockiness mm-hmm. of, of him. Like, you can just tell he's not going to get rattled. Like, I, I think Sam Howe can go out there and throw an interception and, you know, or take a bad sack, and he's going to come back in the next play, and he's going to make a play. He did that last night, you know, and you might say he's playing against backups, but I don't, I don't really care about who he's playing against. We're looking for traits. We're looking for certain things that may translate, you know, when he's playing against starters in a sense. And one of those traits, you know, when he took that bad sack, I think that was the first drive, yeah. comes back the next play, you know, what is it, third to 15, throws yeah. that 17-yard strike to cold turn, and that was a dart, man. I mean, he put it right in the basket, and he, it was just like a quick, instinctive, you know, throw. But that's the type of stuff you look for. Like, does he bounce back when he makes mistakes, or does he just keep on letting the mistakes pile up? And it was like I was telling people, you know, who kept on bringing up the fact that he was playing against backups. I'm like, well, he could have went out there and looked like Jacoby Brissett last, Brissett last night, who did play against backups. Brissett played against backups. He looked bad last night, you know? And if Sam Howe would have had that type of performance last night, we would have all been worried. You know, we, we wouldn't have been, you know, optimistic going into week one or whatever the case may be, or optimistic about the fact that he was just handed this uh, QB one job by Ron Rivera. But no, Sam Howe, every time he stepped on the field, he's given us a little bit more to be a little bit more confident about him. Like we're saying, man, this guy could actually, you know, he might can play. You know, I, I'm not going to go as far as to some people that's been hitting my phone today. You know, some, someone hit my phone up today and said, oh, man, we got a franchise quarterback. I can't oh, say that right man. now. 
<laughs> I can't say that right now. I'm not putting, I'm not punching my Sam Howe MVP tickets right now. But Sam Howe, like I said, he's giving me a little bit more, you know, game by game to say, man, this guy could play. You know, but I actually watched him in college. We know he could play a bit, but can he play at a consistent level in the NFL? That's a different story. We watch college quarterbacks play. It's a lot of good college quarterbacks. They've been good in college. Then they come in the NFL and they're not good. You know, so that's the part that we just don't know about Sam. But, he, you know, he hasn't thrown up on himself yet. He can easily go out there. He's a young quarterback. He can easily go out there and throw up on himself. But, I mean, he just makes plays, man. Like, I mean, my favorite play was uh, uh, the pass that he threw to Jahan Dotson where he evades pressure and he finds Jahan Dotson, you know, on that throw. It reminded me of Taylor Heineke in a sense, but it more so with more talent. <laughs> you know, you want to see – I love Taylor Heineke. I know a lot of people don't like him in his fan base. You know, but Taylor Heineke was a gamer. He just didn't have a physical attributes. If you can get Sam Howell to have Taylor Heineke's gamemanship with Sam Howell's, you know, physical attributes, I mean, you might have something here, and that's the thing. But, again, we have to watch this guy. We have to give him time, and we have to be patient with Sam Howell. We can't put too much expectations on him right now. But, again, I mean, I'm now I'm getting more excited for the season and more excited to watch him play now because of what he's showing us and the fact that he can run this offense, you know. But can let's see him run it against the good defense. Let's see him against the Eagles, the Cowboys. We got to see him in those division battles first. But, I mean, I'm getting more optimistic by the day about Sam Howell. I actually think my one of my favorite plays actually came. Um, it was the play before that scramble. Uh, like, and, and this is a, a B enemy thing as well. I, I think when it comes to, to Eric and, and what he's been able to do, uh, just showing in preseason, like the nuanced ways and how receivers can run routes based on their coverages, right? They they do these pre-stab motions sometimes to help uh indicate whether it's that zone or, or man call, right? And, and Tyler mentioned it. Uh, he's just in a modern offense now. But um, mm-hmm. Kenny also mentioned offensive line that's, uh, plays well. I'm, I want to get to the offensive line in a second. Kenny, um, Magic, I saw you mention Nick Gates. Uh, Nick Gates, is, is, it was he was pretty good last night, as, along with Andrew Wiley on, on his one drive. And Sam Cosby played well all, uh, all game as well as – or all half as well as Cornelius Lucas – on the left side um, as well. Uh, but but the enemy has this way of creating space um, through his route running, but uh, route his routes, not his route running, but through his routes um, and, and how he sets up one player for the next. And I think um, uh, even how he utilizes other players and, and how other players buys in or, or bought into his offense to help get the next guy open. Um, and, and what I mean by that essentially is um, we have uh, Cole Turner on the Antonio Gibson play. And I'm going to get back to my favorite play with, with Sam Howell in a second. But Cole Turner on it uh, on the Antonio Gibson touchdown, uh, you have Cole just really running a clear out. Um, he's just running a go route. And you have the angle route coming behind it. But with the zone call and the zone principle on defense, um, Antonio Gibson – it's two things going on. Antonio Gibson has to sail like he's running a, a, a route to the flat, but Cole Turner also has to take this inside release where he presses the corner upfield. Like he's not even worried about winning the route. He wants to take that, that linebacker and, and set a natural pick so that when Antonio Gibson bends his route back inside, it's nothing but space and opportunity for Sam Howe and Antonio Gibson to connect and get in the end zone. Like that's a B enemy play right there. And Sam Howell just really has to dot the dot the uh give him a give him a, a really good pass so he can get in the end zone. But then you have another play. Again, he mentioned the scramble where he was able to get Jahan Dotson the ball. But you're looking at um third and ten. And on third and ten, you have uh you have a from a, a eleven personnel trips left three by one with a isolated tight end on the right side of the offense and you from from your outside receiver down to your slot you're running a a post and out and up and then from your tight split Jahan Dotson you're running a deep out and the timing of that play just to have first of all Jahan Dotson take his inside release from a safety who uh has bad leverage to begin with and and really breaking it out to, to split the zone void between 
that slot cornerback and that safety and Sam Howe thread the needle on third and 10 uh, for, for a 12-yard gain, like that recognizes or shows the, the, the timing that Sam Howe understands that needs to be in this offense. But also from Jahan Dotson's standpoint, knowing where he needs to settle in the zone void based on what the enemy called. And, and I think all of those things are important, and, and it's a lot of detail. But at the same time, it just encompasses how the enemy is helping out Hal, but also how Hal is receiving it and, and, and showing on the field that he understands his offense. Um, and, and that's kind of like – it's so many other examples that you can go in from this first half, but it's, it's, it's just – it's encouraging. It, it really is. So um, I, I'm interested to see – what things look like week one when Arizona comes around. What's up, Montel? I'm laughing because you're talking about some. It really is like Ron Rivera and shit. Oh, I, <laughs> <that's> right. <laughs> He's doing a great job. He really is. Like, <laughs> but no. What's going on with you, AJ? Oh, my bad. I didn't mean to cut you off. Hey, I'm, 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 I'm cooling, man. Cooling just uh, while I was waiting to get in here. I seen the Jay Tyler mention my name. I'm like, bro, I ain't even on the show yet. I ain't even say a word. <laughs> like, that was my fault, like, AJ. I threw I threw you under the bus, like, man. I, like, I threw you under the bus. In the world? <laughs> oh yeah, no. Nah, just now nah, we was talking about uh Sam Howell. We was talking about who, you know, what side of the fence all of us stand on. I was saying me and Maul are neutral, but you are the pessimist about Sam Howell. So that's why he said what he said. But hey, Maul, are we talking about standouts yet? Are we on that? Uh we can get into it, sure. No, I just wanted to mention one thing. It was something that made me laugh so much because I was actually behind on the tape delay um, last night. And y'all were texting. You and AJ were texting back and forth. Uh, and I came back to read some of you all's text messages after I had caught up. And this is right when Jaquan, um, well, Quan Martin caught his interception. And I went to go look at AJ's response because I know how AJ feels about Quan Martin. And AJ's first response was a lucky-ass play. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually a good play by Paul on the low. Hey, J. Hey, Tyler, I take it back. It's my own damn co-host, Dre. That's on my <laughs> <laughs> hey, That was a good play by Quan. Hey, before we get off, Sam, I got to mention one last thing because I've seen this come up a few times and I've heard people saying it. He holds on to the ball too long. Now, sometimes he does. But there is a fine line between holding on to the ball too long and extending plays. And I think that he extends plays. And I think that you'll see more so that he extends plays opposed to holding on to the ball too long. That second and two was ugly. I did not like that at all. I literally screamed at the TV like, Sam, you can't you can't do that. But nine times out of ten, when it looked like he's holding on to the ball, he's getting out of the pocket to make a play. And that's something that the special quarterbacks have. And I'm not saying he's special. I'm not crowning him Joe Montana, Pat Mahomes, or none of these guys that I'm by the name. But we've seen Russell Wilson, Pat Mahomes, D. Watt. It's a lot of times where they doing that. You're like, dang, he's just holding the ball too long. But them dudes will kill you like that. Josh Allen has that same thing. So I hope that's something that translates in his game. And if the O-line holds up, I can see – you can see it yesterday. He was going through his progressions really well. It was one play where he – Damn near read the whole field and that then hit Brown Robinson. He oh, hit Brown Robinson, Robinson. Yeah, you're right. in the flex. Yeah, and I said, yo, that's a lot of people are like, he been open in the flats. He's been open. But the fact that he had the time and the presence of mind to come back to that, you don't want to take that throw first if you don't have to. If you can get the trunk, don't play, Kirk it, bro. We scream at Kirk. Kirk mm-hmm. Cousins, because he always takes the flat. But, Sometimes but, go through your progressions and see what's there and then hit it if you have the time. And he that also lets you know he has great pocket presence. He knew, okay, I'm not under pressure right now. I can sit back and read and pat this joint a little bit. And then, boom, okay, we still got the first down. So that's just something I saw last night. And I was just like, this dude, he really do got – and, again, we seen this at North Carolina. You know what I mean? We knew he could play. But it's 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 coming to the, the next level, and I just want to see it all come together, of course, as a player. I mean, Montel, like with, with Sam holding on to the ball, Here you it's go. important with it. it. No, hold on. Let me, With him holding on to the ball is necessary within this offense that Eric the enemy is running because there's a beater on every single passing play. 
is just about holding on to the ball, making the proper read, and stepping up and climb, climbing up in the pocket. That's that's my issue with Sam Howell. I don't want him to feel that he can't step up in the pocket. I understand like there's a, a height issue, whatever, but sometimes you just need to climb into the pocket and those things are open. As you've seen just last night, yeah, it was against second team defense, but you've seen them use Terry in the slot. He was open in the sl- he was open in the middle of the field, like choice routes. Like I haven't watched the all twenty two, just watched the live the the live gameplay, but there's someone open on every down passing wise. You can pretty much see that. It's just all about can the O line hold up and can Sam be patient enough to climb in the pocket to to make those plays. You know, if you need to get outside of it here and there, cool. But you see Patrick Mahomes, he had to do that. He has he's had to do that majority of his career. Like it's just fortunately for him, he's so gifted outside the pocket that you don't necessarily mind it, you know? Like he's all pro outside of the pocket, but you hope that he would stay in there a little bit more and climb the pocket. That's that's my main thing with, with Sam, but you know, that will all happen with with more reps and, and trusting his eyes. Um, cause I mean, E B is dialing up those plays for them boys out there. Like it, it looks real nice. We just haven't seen the the running game really developed, but you know, that's a whole nother thing. That's where I'm like, man, go get Jonathan Taylor and this gonna be a explosive offense because boy, I, I know you conflicted. You you like running backs. Dre on the other hand, he talking about assets for next year. Uh man, F them assets <laughs> and resources. <laughs> but um, I'm actually kind of with you on that one, AJ. I, I know a lot of people they think the they they devalue running backs, but me personally, I was screaming, "Let's go get Bijan!" I think that a running back is just as much as a weapon as a as a wide receiver that can flip the field. So, I I, I mean, I get it. You gotta you gotta trade picks for him. You gotta pay him, and that's a lot. But but I'm as, but I'm like, but Mato, when you sit back and look at it, it's like, okay, everyone's screaming, "Pay Cam Curl." So, do you know the going rate for Cam Curl possibly? If he continues to the path that he's been going on, it's gonna be like fourteen 15, plus. It's probably it's anywhere between not even fourteen. It's probably like fifteen to sixteen point five. Say fourteen right? plus. Okay, yeah, my bad. I I just heard the fourteen. My bad. But either way, that's money that you could give to a elusive young running back. Jonathan uh, Taylor is only twenty four, and that's exactly the type of money that he's looking for. So that's where it's like, would I rather have this explosive running back that changes the entire dynamic of the offense and adds an additional weapon to this young player in Sam Howe to go alongside the wide receiver court that I have? Or would I rather allocate those funds possibly to retain in the Cam Curl? Like, it's, it's an interesting dynamic, but overall, we just focusing on Howe's play last night. I think I think he did a good job. I love how EB called the plays and like Maul was alluding to. That connected play calling is an art. You feel me? That's something that you did not see with Scott Turner. Things are things are being done and ran. Maybe if they don't necessarily gain the most positive yards, but they're being done and ran to get to it later on within the game. And that's why I'm excited to see a full game of Sam Howell and Eric Bieniemy with with these weapons uh, that they have to their disposal. My, my last thing, I just want to say my last thing on Sam Howell, and Troy Aikman actually pointed this out last night, and Mont- this is kind of to Montel's point about holding the ball too long. He said Sam Howell always looking for the big play. And I actually like that. That To me, that's encouraging to me because Sam Howell's looking to break the game open, and that's the, that's actually the guy I watched in North Carolina. I mean, if you watch Sam Howell in North Carolina, I mean, he made big play after big play, and he's coming here. He knows he has the arm. He's like a baseball pitcher, and it's all I seen someone on Twitter, I don't remember who, but they made reference to kind of Russell Wilson in 2012. Now, I don't want to go that far as Russell Wilson because he's a little different, he's a little different athlete than Russell Wilson. They're not the same type of athlete, but they have that baseball kind of throw emotion when they throw the ball. It's like a quick flick of the wrist and a quick flicker of the arm. 
And he he knows he has that strength and that ability to get the ball downfield. He's always looking to make it. And in games, he's going to break a game open if that's what he's looking for. With these receivers, with Terry and Jahan, he's going to end up breaking some game open with big-time plays like that. And I love the fact that he looks at that. But Montel, I am with you on that, that sometimes he does worry me a little too much, that he does hold the ball too much because um, – he, he does that sometimes, and the protection was actually really clean a lot of times last night. I mean, he had a big pocket a lot of times. He had a lot of time to throw the ball. Sometimes I was like, throw the ball, Sam, throw the ball, you know, but then he would end up making a play. But that can be a little worrisome, but I love the fact that his eyes are always downfield looking for that big play. This offense needs it. Man, you, you need to create some type of balance, though. Like, at some point, you could love that big play, but this offense is predicated on, yeah, there's going to – they might be someone deep downfield, but don't always try to force it. So that's what I would say, just creating that balance because you don't want someone always trying to go for the home run. That's how you end up in the going from a second and, and two to three and, uh, three and 15. <laughs> um, let's go ahead and, and go to this offensive line. Uh, I, I think there's a couple things that, need to be acknowledged again with this with this unit um as we mentioned with quarterback but with this unit uh i haven't talked to ravens beat people in particular but um if you know it's the reason why they signed Jadavian Clowney. first off he's you know he is who he is um he's an explosive athlete but better off in the run but at the same time you know he can he can threaten he can threaten the quarterback get some pressures but at the same time, like their their pass rush isn't that great. Um, I think that should be acknowledged. But I really think that Washington did a good job up front from all five linemen in that first half, picking up the stunts, um, really uh matching the uh the slides well and the protection schemes. Um, I think the the one sack where they had the fire zone. Not the one where he held the ball too long, but the one where a man came free. Uh, he mentioned himself that both sacks were on him. Um, and I think if that's the case, I still don't know what the problem was. But if I had to, I've been thinking about it this entire time. And if I had to think about it, maybe he didn't slide the protection the right way. Um, and and that's probably where he's mentioning that, that it was on him. Um, I have no idea. Like, I looked at that play 30 times. I don't know. Um, but to that point in, in, in being, in, in that being said, uh, Wiley came back after a, a bad first game and he was really good. Um, him and Sam Cosme passed off stunts. Well, um, Sadiq Charles, there was moments where he was pancaking people in press protection, uh, finding work, uh, when he was uncovered. And that's really good to see Nick Gates, same thing. When he was uncovered, he went to go look for work. Um, and on the left side, you have Cornelius Lucas just handling his own and in, in, in his pass sets, his one-on-ones and things like that. Um, and sometimes you had some true double teams uh, where, you know, Sam Howe was able to just sit in the pocket and relax. You have to bounce outside. Um, and, and I think for, for, for this offensive line and this starting unit, it's something to think about. Um, and even still, actually, to be clear, uh, Wiley only think – I only think he played one drive because Trent Scott came in and he played a good portion of the second quarter, if not all of the second quarter. Um, and, and I think that should be noted as well. Like there was concern about possibly both tackles being out and Leno and Wiley in this game. And I'm like, in my head, I said, if the Ravens are playing their second and third stringers, first of all, why do we even care if both tackles are out? Like they need everybody needs to work and if you're worried about what sam howe's gonna look like because the two tackles are out like you're hurting his offense put these guys in and let them let them get this working and for for everybody up front in the starting the starting the starting unit man uh i was i came away impressed with how on point they were with their execution and how they handled their one-on-ones uh it was it was really good um it's it's not that many negatives i could take that i have for for this offense in the first half I, i really don't have that many negatives so are we comfortable with kind of saying that the offensive line, I know people, you know, were on Twitter after the first game saying that all oh, the offensive line is this, that, and the third. But in my opinion, 
the offensive line has had two solid preseason games. I mean, we've been honest. I mean, I thought they were pretty solid. And Sam Howell, I love that he comes out and he takes accountability and says, hey, those sacks are on me. I mean, those guys are doing their job to protect. And I'm with you, Maul. Like, I had talked to a couple of people yesterday before the game, and they were like, oh, you know, Sam Howell shouldn't play if – um." you know, uh, Wiley or uh, Leno isn't playing. And I'm like, well, the Ravens aren't playing their starters either. So our backups should be able to handle their backups. And I mean, but Wiley did play as we saw, but I thought they did a good job. I mean, you know, you got the guys, Nick Gates, he has a nasty mean streak to him. I mean, I love Nick Gates, man. I mean, and I'm still wondering when they're going to get Ricky um, Stromberg, you know, worked up because I actually liked uh, what I saw out of him yesterday as well. You know, but Lucas as a swing tackle, he's been solid. I mean, I thought he did a good job last night. Um, that sack, um, the untouched one, I thought Sam, you know, he should have slid that uh, protection to the left. I mean, no one touched the guy number 48 for the Ravens. Um, other than that, I thought the, the offensive line had another solid um, outing. You know, they don't they don't really have a lot of name guys amongst that unit, but they're playing in it. And they, they you know, they have some guys, especially, you know, Nick Gates. Cosme, those guys are playing with a mean streak, you know, and they just have to keep it up and they have to keep giving Sam, you know, the, the time that he needs. And I think they're going to be a little bit better than a lot of people think they are. Now, that's relative. I don't I don't disagree with you, but I think it's I think we're looking at if you can get. And it's it's hard to gauge offensive line units uh, from a, a standpoint of like you have to really know offensive line in the NFL to, to say something like this, but let's just say if they were top 16 um, when it's all said and done and somebody looked at all 32 offensive lines, if this was a top 16, top 18 offense, I would say top 16. I think that's probably, that's probably just, they were top 16 offensive line unit. You're talking about a team who's probably going to be uh, one of the better offenses in the league this year. Um, and this is obviously pending a Sam Howell. Um, like this is, progression based um comments but like the offensive line is one of the bigger factors like there's no question that he has the weapons from the outside and Cole Turner continues to emerge as somebody who um has had two strong all seasons in a row his first one just so happened to be hindered by injury and like the one of the first or second day of pads in training camp last year so he missed so much time after that and didn't even get to play in preseason and show off like he like he was doing like he's doing now. So now you see somebody who's continuing to emerge as a, a solid receiving threat. Like they're isolating this man on the boundary against cornerbacks um and safeties, and he's winning. He did it last year too, and that's even the wildest thing because um some people don't even realize, like, sure, he had two he had two catches last year on what seven targets or something like that, but nobody saw the target the 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 plays where he didn't even get targeted like if you if you look into his game you see that he was winning often he just wasn't featured so for for the enemies and and how to give him opportunities early in games and often um that's going to shine a light on Cole Turner so long as he keeps showing up clutch for his quarterback especially on trust those like that third and 15 um but back to the point um yeah this offensive line if you can get top 16 play out of these guys uh I, I don't know what the i don't know what the limit is for this offense um i, I think i'll stop it like be, because i gotta I, I cannot like get warped into this um sam howe love fest i i would say like top 10 is probably the limit um you want me to help you out you want me to help you out talk to me tap me in okay uh, tag team partners. I mean, I think I think no one should really be giving any of those type of comments until you see him play against another team's full starting unit for a whole game, mul- multiple weeks. You feel me? Because um, I feel like teams got to get allocated to what is being ran. We kind of got an idea that they're running the same system as Kansas City, but of course, there's no Mahomes, there's no Kelsey involved in that process so i think the first three four games with you got the cardinals broncos which is a hell of an environment second week of the season to travel to denver 
Then you got then uh then you got Buffalo week three. Buffalo Who's week Philly. four? Philly Eight Eagles. They yeah, get on the road. You're gonna you're gonna learn a lot in those first four games. Most people would say six games, but in those first four games, you're gonna learn a lot. So I think you just wait and see. Cause uh I mean you seen you seen some good and bad last night, more good than yesterday, but we also have to keep saying they they played against the second unit. You feel me? Like most of those guys that played for the Ravens yesterday that they went against uh, first team wise on their side aren't going to be starting for Baltimore. Like, so I would just say, you know, everyone, he, he looks like he's building, like he's getting more confident. That That's one thing you could say. And that Eric Bieniemy is clicking with this team and this unit. Uh, but you, you, we still got to see multiple games of, him going against first team defenses well, and, and fully game plan. Well, I, I I was more so I was more so I, I get it. Um, but I want to be clear. I was I was I was focused on like how how the how the offense can be elevated with the offensive line uh being where they are or what they could be. Um I, I don't the answer to that question too is I'm not sure either. Um but I'm I'm saying like if they can be a top 16 unit, that's good. Uh, but I, I don't know where they are. I just think that um, even in that Browns game, Dre and AJ, you were on the show last week uh, with Linnell. It wasn't as bad as people said. Like uh, they didn't acknowledge the fact that it was some issues with Sam Howell, and, and the reason why you know they they gave up one sack or one sack was 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 allowed uh, on that from the offensive side. And this week, both sacks were on Sam Howell as well, and, and that's why I'm saying. This offensive line is 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 a little bit underrated, um, and, and really, um, the concerns are valid still because we're in preseason. But I also think that you gotta cut them some slack, if, especially if you watch the tape uh, or just watch them. I don't want to throw that like if you just watch them and, and and individually look at these guys, like everything isn't as bad or or as scary as um, the concerns were in the offseason. I reserve judgment on the O line. Reason being is because when you're just watching it on the TV, it is, it's kind of hard to really see who's doing what. Like you said, I know Maul, you're breaking down tape. I seen some of your film earlier. I don't know if it was you and Nikki Javala posted a clip, or maybe she took it from you. Shit, but Sadiq Charles put some money on his back, and y'all know that's my man. And my thing with the O line. I am a little bit concerned with the talent, but I'm more so concerned with the health. So, like I said, I reserve judgment. Maybe by week eight, if everybody's still intact and these guys look okay, then that's a plus. But I'm sure they probably do have enough to be top half of the league. I'm not sure if they're like a top 10 O-line. Like, I just think that their cap is about like 14. But – they gotta stay healthy. That's that's the thing. Looking from the TV last night, they look good. I don't got too much to say, but they they held up last night. Whoever was in there, it didn't matter who it was. They came to play, and um, I just hope that that is the trend moving forward. Let uh, any comments, last comments on offensive line uh, before we move on. All right. Defense, man. Um, let's get out of here with, with defense. Uh, I don't personally, I don't. There's only one person right now that that bothers me. L- literally, it's only one person right now that bothers is it Rashad me. Wild Goose? <laughs> no, it's Cody Barton, bro. Um, that's that's the one person that bothers me. Um, I know Quan Martin has been struggling in the secondary, um, and in both games, he's had his moments. Uh, but I think the way things have played out to this point in terms of how the coaches are using them and his his role in the rotation, I don't think he's going to be a heavy person in the rotation right now. And Percy Butler has been a person who has emerged in terms of somebody who has shown and he's grown and developed. So I think that they could take their time with Quan Martin. But back to Cody. Bruh, y'all got, y'all let that man um, Cole Holcomb walk. Y'all didn't want to pay him because y'all said Cody was just in, not in a good situation in Seattle because that defensive line was not the defensive line that you had in Washington. And I, for the love of me, do not like what he's been showing in these first two games. He looks slow. And, and when I say slow, not speed-wise, he looks slow mentally 
everything is yep. moving slow for him. And and he sometimes he's taking wrong uh he's he's shooting the wrong gap. Um, and then on top of that, he's not able to get off blocks uh when when offensive line or even beat the lineman to the spot. Like he's not able to get off these blocks. And somebody like that, along alongside Jamin Davis, like I understand. And I think James, uh, not Jamin, um, Jack Del Rio spoke on it post game, uh, that, and I agree with him because they explained it well. Um, putting Jamin and uh, Cody in there together, uh, is a is a new group. It's not Cole Holcomb out there no more. Like I think if Cole and Jamin was here again, they probably would have sat out last night too. But those two had to play together because they had to understand how to work together, especially if they're going to be on the field a lot. Um, and I think Cody is probably somebody who's just picking this thing up very slow. And and now we're starting to see why Cody has been playing with the second team defense and the third team defense in the offseason leading into training camp. Um, because he's been he's been he's literally been slow picking up this defense. Um, so if there's one thing right now that I'm concerned about, it ain't the defense, it ain't even the fact that these guys people on the defensive line those were backups last night anyway in in second and third team is 92 whoever the hell he is i don't even know his name like abdullah anderson abdullah anderson <laughs> oh, that's aj's guy the, the the dude from atlanta like he he got put on how, his how ass. is that my guy <laughs> that's, 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 i don't even know buddy he can walk you, right he you, can walk in front of my face <laughs> you, you, you brought you brought him up you brought him up a little while ago bro i, I don't i don't i don't know I don't know. I don't know the man from a can of paint myself, but you you was like you, you liked him from Atlanta. That's all. He um, could, he could be on this stream with us right now, and I wouldn't know who the hell he was. <laughs> all right, man. Um, but not. But t- all I'm saying, all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, um, I don't care about anything that happened last night except for the way Cody Barton looked. That shit scared me. No, you know, and Mo, I actually have to agree because. When I was watching, you know, the first team defense, well, what what they called the first team defense out there last night, Cody Barton kept sticking out to me. I'm like, he's not reacting and he's not getting the place fast enough. I mean, it was like he was he was stuck in quicksand whenever a play was starting. And I'm like, what is this guy doing? And I'm just hoping it's just like, all right, he's learning a new defense. You know, he's not familiar with what's going on here yet. But to me, it's discouraging. Like, you know, initially, I thought she was going to go to the Rashard Wild Goose um, uh, route because that guy just bothers me. But Cody Barton was the other guy that was on my mind. I mean, Cody Barton, like I said, and it wasn't just this game. It was the last game as well that I noticed it as well, that he's just not reactive to a lot of plays. He's not diagnosing plays as they happen. He's not instinctive enough. I mean, he's kind of like he's a step slow, like he's like a step behind everything that's happening on the field. And that's concerning. Now, um, Cole Holcomb wasn't a world beater by any standards. You know, a lot of people hated Cole Holcomb here. Like a lot of fans did not like Cole Holcomb. But I thought Cole Holcomb was solid. I thought Cole Holcomb filled his gaps. I thought he did what he needed to do a lot of times on the defense. I mean, he wasn't elite. He wasn't a stud by any um, means of the stand. But we don't really need that at the linebacker position. We just need a guy that's going to hold the position down. And Cody Barton is kind of, you know, he's he's disappointing in the sense right now so far. I mean, we haven't got to regular season games yet, so we don't know what exactly he's going to bring to the table when, the, you know, the real games start. But it's not encouraging right now. Right now, like what we've seen out of him, I don't know if he should start at this point. But then again, who do you have behind him? That's the question. You know, and Jamin Davis can't really play that spot that they want um, Cody Barton to play in. But we need this guy to step up. He's an NFL player. You know, some of the stuff we're talking about right now, we're kind of talking about newcomer stuff. Cody Barton's been in the NFL a couple of years now. He's played for the Seattle Seahawks. You know, and as you said, Maul, you know, maybe the commanders thought that, you know, Cody Barton could come in. And playing behind a defensive line like ours, he's going to elevate his game. But so far, he looks like he may be the weak link on the defense. He may he he looks almost even worse than um, what's the guy that we always bring in? You know, the old guy. Um, oh, the middle- uh, he actually had a game last night. David Mayo, Boston. Boston. No, no, Boston. Not, even, oh, yeah, yeah, not yeah. even Mayo. I'm thinking about Boston. Yeah, Boston. But Boston. A lot of fans hated Boston. I can't Boston. Stand. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> Bostic has no athletic ability at this point in his career. Right, but Bostic at least knows how to diagnose plays. He just don't have the athletic ability to get to where he needs to be. Cody Barton has the athletic ability, but he's second-guessing himself. You know, he's slow to everything right now. And you, as you can see, you know, in the middle of the field, it's kind of butt naked whenever he's out there. So that is a bit of a bit of a concern to me as well. And again, I have to also add that Rashad Wild Goose is a guy I just don't want to see out in the field next year. <laughs> I mean, he's the passing yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when it when it comes to the defense, especially linebackers, it's like I don't even care no more. It, it, it it's not gonna get fixed. It is what it is. At, at this rate, just put all secondary players on the on the on the backside of the D line because it's not going to change. Like there's no solution. Like you said, when you're going to bring in David Mayo, you're going to call Boston to come back. Uh, Jamin Davis about to go to jail. So like who, like, like you might as well line up Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio to play linebacker at this range because like, yeah, Cody Barton might look like he moving fast out there, but he's moving to the wrong place. Like, so it don't even matter. Like at this rate, it is what it is. I mean, I'm just excited to see that front four come back for week one, and uh, yeah, just see what what happens with the secondary. I think uh, I like how Emmanuel Forbes attacked the game. Uh, mm-hmm. I seen him respect Zay Flowers. That's why Zay Flowers is able to make that one play on him. Uh, he had to respect that speed. You can see that he's he's paying attention to. He's paying attention to the guys that he's going to face. Like, he's a student of the game. He's not just out there, you know, just playing on a limb. Like, he actually knows the nuances of the game, and that's how you can be a ball hawk. You have to know those intangibles. You have to understand the the technique and the the different attributes that the players that you're going to line up against have. Uh, but overall, man, yeah, when it comes to linebacker position, I, I probably won't ever even talk about it again with this uh, – <laughs> with this team because it's pointless. Like it's not gonna get fixed. It will never get fixed while this this regime is is in place. They continue to ignore veteran linebackers such as I mean he just retired, but Miles Jack, uh, a Zach Cunningham, even Devin Bush. Like right right now, Seahawks got Devin Bush, Jody uh, Jordan Brooks, and Bobby Wagner, <laughs> just as they middle linebackers. You feel me? Like you continue to pass, pass, uh, bypass veteran linebackers that have shown that they can do it and play this position to go see if someone from, I don't know, it almost feels like a superstar mode of a video game. Like, are you going to make it to the next level or not? Instead of just signing someone that's shown and proved that they have played this game at a that's elite not. level at some aspect. Um, AJ, how so do, how is, do you feel about Quan Martin, though? That's what I really want to know. How, how, how's Quan Martin? What, I mean, what do you think about that play he made last night? I mean, <laughs> oh, <laughs> overall, he with Martin, yeah, overall with Quan Martin, I mean, luckily, whatever I say on here, he can't go and like on Twitter uh, unless, <laughs> Maul, unless Maul goes and, and edits it and turns it into a clip. But I, I feel like with, with uh, Martin, man, I think he's a smart player. Uh, I just think that, unfortunately, with what is going on with Washington and and how they're maneuvering with their draft picks, they're not letting him play fast. And because they put so much on his plate, he can't he can't simulate that on the field. Like you can just tell that he's thinking too much. Like he's just over processing it. Like the the bad angles on, on attempted tackles or even the the effort to tackle is not what I've seen from his college tape at all. He's just out there just with a lot on his mind. Um, I don't know what it results to being through the season, uh, but boy, that secondary is one injury away from being in a hell of a trouble, a hell of a lot of trouble. So um, you just hope that those guys kind of stay healthy, whether it be Fuller, uh, Ben, Forbes, and yeah, that's it. I'm not even going to touch on Danny Johnson because I thought he was going to get cut last year, how he performed in the preseason. So no, I think it's only the slot I position. I, I, honestly, AJ, I think the in the secondary, 
the issue is the death at the slot position because for one, I don't even think you have a bona fide starter at the slot position right now because I think you have three boundary corners in Forbes, Ben St. Juice, and Kendall Fuller. So you're forcing one of those guys to play slot. And then you have the, you know, Quan Martin, who, you know, was kind of drafted to kind of maybe play that spot in certain roles. And then you have the Rashad Wild Gooses, who, again, I don't want to see out there. He shouldn't be on the team. Um, But then, but the safeties are fine. I mean, I think you have Cam Curl and you have um, uh, Derek Forrest. And I I like Percy Butler as a guy that can come in and kind of, you know, fulfill whatever role he needs to fulfill back there. But again, I do think the slot corner is an issue, regardless of whether you have the starters out there or regardless of whether you have to put someone in for them. I mean, I don't know if there's a natural slot guy on the roster right now. All those fields, they probably just gonna go. Ben, you got him out there quick. Yeah, nah, I'm with you though. I I, I think that Quan right now, AJ kind of said he's just in his head. A lot of people don't know when you play a corner. It's damn near straight confidence for real. Like, you cannot go out there thinking like, oh, shit, I'm about to get beat or embarrassed on national TV because you will every single time. I swear, that's exactly what it is. And, like, last night, even though it was like a lucky play, it was one of those things where I was like, thank goodness he had some luck because had he got scored on, we would have seen a fucking one of these. I don't know if you guys remember this. I was thinking about this shit randomly the other day. Remember Rashad Breeland came off that good-ass season when he was trapping Dez Bryant on Monday Night Football? The following season on Monday night, he had Antonio Brown, and he never recovered. That is what happens at corner, bro. I'm so serious. Like, Quan, I just want him to get some confidence. He when he, when I don't know if y'all seen him. <laughs> hey, Montel, <laughs> that, is, that is so funny that you remember that moment. Oh, and you knew you. exactly that he was in his head because it's a wrap hands on hands on dealing with Rashad Breland after what happened that Monday night game against Antonio Brown. Legit Breland, like that he wasn't my client or anything, but we were good friends. After that game, bruh, that stayed in his head for the remainder of the season. He got roasted the rest I'm of the I'm talking season. about literally the next the next day, me and him went to dinner. And literally, that's all he could focus on was, like, I got embarrassed on Monday Night Football against you, Antonio Brown. It, it just followed him the rest of the year. We be in the club. He's thinking about that. Like, <laughs> he was in his head. He was in his head so much. Man, AJ I, over I, here turning up. He looks he looked to his left. Breland just. He told hey, the IG, not, honey, that shit. Hey, hey, girl, I'm trying to get your number, but Antonio Brown embarrassed me. I'm not lying. Like it he keep replaying A B twerking in the end zone, bro. <laughs> it literally was in his. It was literally in his head the entire season. So it's so funny because it's like I've never really like spoke on it publicly, but like it's so many times that I used to have conversations with him through that season. Like, bro, you got to let it go. Like he's an elite wide receiver. You feel me? Like you're just learning the position, and you're gonna get to that point. But that confidence never restored. Like confidence is everything, not even just a cornerback position, yeah. but just o- was that overall. The, was that the game where Antonio Brown twerked in the end zone when he yeah, scored? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. twerking in the end zone. Bro. <laughs> it was like it was like a fade route or something, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he was, was killing Bree. the corner in the red zone, and yeah, like Breland took that to heart. You know, like. You know, fortunately for him, he was able to win a championship with the Chiefs right. and whatever. But he had all the intangibles to be a lead corner in the league. Exactly. But that still, like, kind of messed with his head. Like, he just kept playing that back. And, I mean, I've, I've, I've represented some great corners along the way. Like, some that, you know, people poke fun at D. Hall for what happened between him and DeAndre Hopkins in, in training camp. Uh, Asante Samuel dropping a pick, whatever. But those guys were able to overcome that and continue to make plays each Sunday, week in and week out. But, like, some guys, if they can't get that stuff out of their head, like, it messes with them. And that's what I'm concerned about with, with Martin. Yeah, he had a great play last night. But I think, like, the the commander staff just need to give him one position to work on this year and just lock in on that and allow him to just – Think freely when he gets out there on Sundays and, and play faster because it's already hard enough as a rookie 
when you're now coming along millions of dollars, you feel me? You're now the leader of your family just because of the, the, the financial aspect, not because you want to be. So you got things going on off the field. And then when you go to your work, they ask you to learn to play boundary corner, slot, free safety. And you don't even understand the NFL yet. Like it, it, it's hard to do. It's impossible to do. You have to take your time and steps to get guys to, to that point. So I think that he got potential. It's just more so Washington got to just chill out, chill out on it and figure out where do you want to play. All that flex stuff is, it isn't cool for everybody. Everyone can't right. time manage all that stuff at one time. Fellas, um, hard out, gotta go. But before we did, man, appreciate everybody who tuned in. Uh, we had some good numbers the entire show. Um, I want to make sure if you haven't done so, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, uh, leave a rating or review if you are listening to the podcast. Uh, we definitely appreciate everybody who tuned in. Even uh, you are new. We got some comments um, when Linnell came on, fellas, last week from a a person. I, what do they call them? Um, um, uh, ghost uh, lurkers, lurkers. Um, those are people who like just watch shows and stuff like that, but don't don't comment. They just tune in. So uh, we had a lurker come through and show some love uh, through a comment. Um, but but we definitely appreciate everybody who's been tuning in. So uh, with that. Uh, all 32 will be out tomorrow and then the fellas will be back next week talking about I think we'll be I think po- the cuts happen what Monday right the 29th, 29th cuts, uh, NFL Tuesday. Tuesday is the 29th okay so we'll schedule it let's 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 aim for two, uh, 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 Wednesday um, I, I know I'm gonna have a busy day Tuesday but let's aim for Wednesday on the show uh, but we'll, we'll talk about that through the chat uh, Montel you already know appreciate you checking in big dog for sure yes sir, sir. Y'all take it easy, man. Yes, we sir. out here. Be safe. Peace. Montel over there looking like Tupac. Damn, set, hut. Watch him throw the ball. We gonna pick it off. You gonna let him hit the hole or you gonna cut it off? You gonna play through fourth and long or you gonna punt it off? Your defenders have you hit us. Put your pads in. Don't be looking for the ref to throw no flags in. Keep the helmet on. Keep the cleats tight. You the type to want to win by any means, right? You should look alive. This is Trap or Dive. 